Hey folks, it's Isaline. I'm thrilled to record this work in SEO Podcast, a podcast where we explore the diversity of career paths leading to working in SEO. We interview amazing people to learn from them and help you find your way in your SEO career. I am Isaline Mulhauser, SEO nerd and content strategist, founder of the SEO consultancy Pilea.ch. Today, I'm joined by the brilliant Tobias Willmann, head of SEO at the Blick Group. Blick is a Swiss daily newspaper published by Ringier in Zurich. Blick probably runs the biggest newsroom in Switzerland. SEO, organic traffic, is the second biggest traffic source for Blick.ch and an important source to reach diverse target groups. Hey, Tobias. Hi. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I'm still at home, but uh, doing good in general, yeah. Nice. I suppose we cannot everybody go back to uh, the office yet. It's still a little bit of remote, right? Yeah, but in general, I think we are fine. I also like it. We, we established a good situation to work with this, I think. Yeah. Let's dive right into the subject. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm interviewing you regarding how it's like to be an SEO working for a publisher. What I hope you will understand and know at the end of this podcast is what kind of challenges an SEO face and solve working for a publisher and how it is like to work with journalists in, in a newsroom. Generally speaking, I hope you'll have an idea of if you want to work for a publisher and then how to take the next step to work towards this goal. Tobias, can you remember when you heard the first time about search engine optimization? I think it was in 2006 or 2007, something like that. I was studying and uh, learning about building websites. I'm still interested in building websites. So from time to time, I built some stuff. My interest switched kind of in how do I get uh, users to see the website? And uh, I think SEO is, was back then and is still a really good source to get some users to your website. Indeed yeah. it is. What made you go like, oh, I like this SEO things. I want to carry on doing that. Back then I, I had some, some kind of some side projects. One of the projects is still active and um, yeah, I built, I, I had some success in this to optimize the website in Google and then I had users and I could sell something to them. And so I was, uh, I, I found this is really cool. And at some point after studying, I decided let's try to do this full time. So to do, to not build websites and do the optimization part as a side project, but to build, to, to do the optimization part full-time and I joined an agency back then, yeah. Were you studying anything related to websites or journalism or media? I was studying a mix of uh, computer science and business. So yeah, the computer science part is kind of yeah, building websites was part of the lectures, but yeah, it was not so big. So maybe 20, 30% of the lectures were related to web tech or something like that yeah we've already learned that your first seo work was in an agency is that where you for the first time started working for a publisher or what type of challenges uh, did you tackle then 
I first had my, my, my private project and uh, then I applied with the private project uh, at an agency in Berlin. And this agency was in general doing SEO and I was an SEO consultant there having different websites. I had some e-commerce, some travel websites. I think one publisher was also there, but a niche publisher. And I did this for, I think, uh, almost like three to four years or so, having multiple clients and uh, solving their SEO problems. And, and then I kind of uh, was looking for a new challenge and found that publishing is something cool i should try <laughs> and now i'm almost uh, five years at flick yeah almost five years yeah. that sounds nice and did you started straight away at blick or did you were, were you in, a, in another newsroom at yeah first? i started at blick doing technical seo because also in the agency i had more a technical background in the end i was doing a lot of uh, audits like technical audits for multiple websites and gave some advice in these audits. And then I switched to Blick and did technical SEO here because the team was, there was actually no real SEO team before. My previous boss started this and had multiple roles for content and for technical. And I had the technical role. We did a lot of basic technical improvements in the first year. And then at some point, uh, yeah, he left and I, I took over the head of SEO position and I'm still doing all the technical things in the team, but also having, having the team lead now. In those early days, can you tell me of one or two of your favorite technical challenges you had? We had so many uh, duplicates. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so every article with a gallery had a duplicate gallery URL, uh, where just the gallery was, and this one had no canonical to the original article, the same with video. Basically we reduced the number of un unneeded URLs a lot. So this was one part in the beginning. Also the implementation of AMP was like also in that time frame where Google pushed AMP in the Swiss market. In general, the platform has improved a lot if you compare compared to what we had uh, five years ago. And this was such a mess uh, in general with uh, Photoshop teasers where search engine bots were not able to read what, what it is about, but really starting from scratch actually back then. All SEOs new to the field, can you explain us why this duplicate thing is such a problem for us SEOs? You want to show Google and also the user your best version of the content. And if you have a gallery, then probably the user and the Google bot wants to see not just the gallery, but also the attached article. And uh, actually no one is checking just the gallery. And if someone is checking just the gallery, they could just check the gallery in the normal article. So the, the gallery URL is just not needed. There is something called crawl budget in Google where you want to reduce the number of URLs you show to Google, which are not, not useful. You mentioned something very important for newspapers where I, I, I don't know how long it will be important, but the AMP things mm -hmm. give us a recap of why are we talking about AMP and why was it slash is it important? I think it started around 
2015, 14, I'm not sure, in the US, where Google had kind of another HTML version, a super slimmed down version. It was super fast and it was also always preloaded if you're coming from Google. So if you were looking in Google for Trump, uh, no, Trump wasn't a topic for Obama back then. And you saw these boxes with the news in Google and you were clicking on it, then you usually ended up on, um, on an M article, which was super fast because it was preloaded and sl uh, slimmed down. But to be in these top carousels, in these top stories in Google on a mobile device, there was a precondition to have AMP as a technology. And so almost all big publishers switched to having this AMP version of their websites to be in these carousels because in search, the biggest traffic source is these carousels probably for every publisher. If you are in, in those carousels, then, um, yeah, that's, that's a, was a precondition to rank somehow. Now Google has switched to having M not as a precondition, but it is replaced by having a website with a good web vital scoring in the end. You, you need to be fast, like AMP, fast as AMP is like the new thing, not having AMP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now the question is, uh, is AMP still needed? Um, in, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. So in our case, we have to, to, to check what's happening, but we have AMP and I think it's a good and fast solution and I see still there's no difference for us in the traffic. So Google hasn't shifted, but uh, maybe it's because AMP is our fastest part of the website. And so Google is preferring this. And if we would switch off the fastest part of the website, maybe we have a worse uh, rankings. But if you are a publisher without AMP, now you can think about, is it worth developing AMP or is it worth developing a fast HTML version of the site. There's two options now. As a publisher, what are your main objectives? What are the main goals to, to get traffic, to rank? The role of SEO as a publisher is, the important role is to attract new users, basically. I would say, because everyone in the society is using Google, actually. There is a female male share, which is almost equal. There's also an age distribution which is much more equal through all the age buckets. If you are a publisher with maybe some older readers, then Google is a source of young readers for you because Google has the whole society in, and all age buckets. And also what's powerful is if you are starting as a publisher with a new topic, let's say you, you were really good in, in sports, but you never covered, uh, for uh, ice hockey, really, because you have no special uh, journalist for this topic, then it may be a good source to go and try to get new readers through Google for this new topic so that they can learn that you now have a really good journalist writing about ice hockey and that then they become loyal to uh, you as a publication. Um, yeah, so multiple sources. So the, the, the powerful thing I think is you can attract basically everyone who is interested in a topic. It's not related to you having a good brand reputation, but you just need to, to cover the topic in a good way.
how do you define what is a relevant topic for you to cover? How do you stay ahead of the trend? What we are doing is we we try to so we are a team of three three people in the SEO team, and Marco and Veronica and my team they care a lot um, about the topics in the newsroom and what could be written. And there is processes for evergreen and seasonal topics where we try to predict based from the previous years what could be the next topic in summer or so. So there's something like there's a festival season in a normal year, which, uh, which is usually in the summer. And you can predict that based on the previous year's data and can tell maybe is sun lotion the bigger topic we need to cover or is it the festival season? And uh, how is it for SEO? How is it in social media? And you can get that out of the data and then influence the editorial uh, roadmap kind of if it's something, something seasonal or evergreen. In breaking news or in the daily news, with different tools, you can have a look in Google Trends, for example, to check what's currently trending and do we cover the topic? Do all the competitors cover the topic, but, but us not? Or is it, a, is it something new? If you, for example, check Google Trends for other markets, then maybe the trend from another market may pop over to Switzerland and then be relevant here. A lot of articles are produced just to drive traffic within 48 hours. It's not like... Um, if you are an e-commerce and you try to do a blog post, then, then you expect probably that the blog post is lasting for some months to be relevant. So like a comparison of a Samsung phone versus an iPhone can work for a year if it's a good comparison. But in our case, if it's news, if it's breaking news, then it's usually it's over after two days, three days, something like that. I see that timing is essential in your work. You also mentioned the newsroom. Can you tell us a bit more about how it's like the atmosphere at a publisher, mm -hmm. for instance, in comparison with the agency works that you previously did? What is specific? I really like, as an SEO, if you're working for a publisher, that's in general amazing because there is people who can write and they are writing every day. Sometimes working in an agency, it's super hard to convince a client that they write anything. And then they write something and you think, oh, no one can read that because they are not trained in writing. So in general, it's really good. They are writing. There's no spelling errors. They write regularly and they produce a lot of stuff. So that's really cool. In terms of the atmosphere, if you are in the newsroom, it's quite noisy. So if something is happening, then they're gathering around and then they discuss the topics. So they have a lot of meetings and they plan what to do. And sometimes this changes during the day. So planability is not so easy. If you are an SEO, usually your topics are not prior one there because a journalist, they try to have a new topic which nobody wrote about. And everything I can give them from SEO data is something I found in the trend. And if the trend is there, then somebody else wrote about it already. So my topics are by default not that interesting to the journalists. What we also try is like to push maybe some, if they have some ideas to say, yeah, that's a good idea. And to push the idea which they already have to be then done. And also, we also try to 
get some follow-up articles in some cases if if they if they wrote something which we really liked and which we saw performed really well in SEO, then we try, yeah, that's that's a cool one. Maybe you can extend it. Maybe we can do something more because we see that there's still interest in search. Would you say that you have, as an SEO, more impact on type of evergreen content than on the very trendy, immediate mm. content? I would say so because the evergreen content is not like there's nobody having something more important usually because they have more like a roadmap. So there it's easier to influence in percent. But in general, the evergreen topics are at some point, there's not so many. And there's also the task of recycling older evergreens. You need to do more research to, to come up with good evergreens than to come up with a good breaking news topic. I would, I would say it highly depends. Uh, in general, it highly <laughs> depends on the topic. Also, there is huge differences in, does it work in search or does it work in Google Discover, in Google News? So there's completely different articles which work best, which work best there. To come back to the subject of the journalists, how do you communicate with them? Is that very spontaneous? Lots of talking things or um, do you provide tools and then you have like the perfect tool for journalists to have relevant data and they get an email like what? In our case, we adapt to them. Basically, we had some tries with giving them tools, but then so you see there's different departments in, in the newsroom. And they have different workflows. Sport journalists work differently from someone who's writing evergreen content for lifestyle. I don't think there's a tool which fits all the needs. We adapt. So Marco and Veronica in the team, they adapt to the teams and they try to give them inputs as they like the inputs. There's also the idea to sit in the newsroom and join different teams and do trainings with them. But Even the trainings are, in our case, special trainings for the department. It's a lot of work. It's also the acceptance of the topic and the learning curve is really different for, from one journalist to the other. But yeah, that's like, like with clients, like it's the same. Some cl clients, it works instantly perfect. And in other case, you need to uh, train a little bit more to get to the goal of SEO roadmap and whatever there there is a lot of curating information according to the needs of the journalist in your job and also lots of research and analysis of of mm -hmm. data of past data how about the technical side you mentioned that mm -hmm. you're still doing most of the technical work mm -hmm. at the moment what's Do you have in your mind at night, or maybe hopefully not at night, but what is the most, uh, most important questions you have in mind? Web Vitals is a big topic. So for almost a year, and we made great progress at Blick. We are on the way to be the fastest publisher of Switzerland, I would say. Congrats. <laughs> so, so yeah, so... Yeah, when Google announced it about a year ago, then we said, yeah, that's for us, it was a real issue because probably we are with Blick TV and all the huge images and big ad spaces and stuff. We are really hard to get good, vital, uh, good web vital stores. 
uh, scores. And um, yeah, so we started early and we implemented basically everything you can do from a tracking and uh, project setup perspective to really see progress there. Then we started to optimize and I'm really happy with the, with the IT department that they applied so many great things and that we improved now to really, our goals are met, our internal goals. So there we are fine, but still there is ideas coming from the IT department, how to improve even more. And um, so I'm really happy with this one. Let's see if we get to the level where we discuss uh, to switch off AMP because our normal side is as fast as AMP. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's see. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a big one. I did a lot of tests there, like in inside projects and uh, some websites uh, to dig really into that topic because I knew that that that's a big one. I'm really happy with this one. Uh, there's not so much uh stress for us than i hear from other publishers where they where they started late in the project or late in after the communication of web vitals they started probably too late to be done with the date and actually i don't see web vitals as a pure seo topic we know that that's a that it's a ux topic so in the end so no one is no one wants to wait and uh I'm, I'm really happy that we are at the point where this has such a high priority so that we see that uh, a fast website is something every user profits from. It's not like you develop a weather widget where 5% of the users are profiting from, but a fast website, everyone profits from. I really enjoyed doing this project, yeah. I hear you have an internal IT team. Do you have close relations to them? How does the work, the collaboration go? Because we talked about journalists, but mm -hmm. I hear that the technical side is obviously very present. How does mm -hmm. it go? I'm not sure, but uh, if everyone else is doing that, but most of the time I'm writing tickets <laughs> and then I try to get it into the sprint. That's, that's the thing. With the IT team here, we established a really cool process that this works. So there's no project manager or something involved between me and the IT team. Most of the time, it's smaller things we have from an, from SEO. I mean, we improved the, the website for five years now. So, so we are, the, are at the point that there's almost never a hurry to implement SEO stuff. And then I create some tickets with some ideas and then we do some estimation how long it takes and it's somewhere in a sprint. And if we start early enough, like with Web Vitals, then we get it done within the time frame which Google gives us. So nice. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I, I really heard great, you have yeah. a I heard you have a very versatile uh, position where you have a little bit of management since there there is a team. You yeah. have the collaboration with journalists and mm -hmm. also collaboration with IT departments, with the technical side. Time is, is running. We have learned so much already about newsrooms and mm -hmm. SEO work for a publisher. But then now, what do you see next? What do you see in the next future as career options or as things you want to learn or do? In general, I'm there is always new stuff coming in SEO, I think. And also working for uh, something like Blick, there's always something changing. So 
we just, just started to have Blick in French and there is some SEO things involved here, uh, which we are currently working on. So I, I don't think SEO as a topic is somehow getting boring or if you're working for a, for a, for a company like, uh, like Blick, it's getting boring because there's always something new. And I also like to, to get more into, uh, so I, I always uh, try to learn some development stuff, some new development tech stuff uh, to, to just uh, try, for example, like last year, there was a lot of options with uh, all these lockdowns to try some new things. <laughs> uh, so I tried, for example, to learn uh, Gatsby JS and how this influences speed of websites, uh, something like that. And there's also a lot of things I, I, I'm thinking are interesting in publishing related to aggregators. Um, so something like Google Discover or the Apple News widget and how to track those, how, how to find out how those work, because in the end, it's recommendation algorithms which show you news. I think with SEO knowledge, uh, there is some room to improve there. <laughs> so, yeah. And for someone who would go like, hey, yeah, I'm starting in SEO. I want to work for a publisher. What's your best advice? Um, yeah, so I would, an internship in a, at the publisher is definitely something cool. Uh, I'm, I have multiple, we had also interns at Blick and now Marco, he, he came back, he was an intern and then, uh, went to an agency to work there for, I think two years and then came back to us. And I think that's a really good career path for someone who wants to work uh, at the publisher to, to just to learn something about general SEO. An agency is perfect for that. And then to specialize into, uh, into news, maybe. Also, if you are a journalist, so, so, journal, so when we had this open position, then every journalist, of course, wanted to have a journalist. But the thing is that there's no, almost no journalist out there with uh, profound SEO knowledge. So it's really hard to find. So also if you are a journalist and you want to learn SEO, then uh, yeah, join an agency for one or two years, learn some really SEO stuff, and then go back to, to the publisher and be like the perfect position. I mean, journalistic background and profound SEO knowledge. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. Also from tech, from tech, it's also, it's always an option coming from a tech uh, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I see that there are multiple entries, multiple possibilities mm -hmm. to enter as SEO in the publisher industry. And that sounds, that sounds great then. <laughs> yeah. To, to have multiple different types of profiles and, and then just, you know, go ahead and professionalize and focus really on one industry. Now it's already the time for the last questions. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out or mention in the podcast? It's a moment to share the love. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to my team. Uh, they are on vacation currently and I'm really looking forward to have them back in the SEO daily. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks a lot for being with us today. This was Working SEO podcast with Tobias Willman. And if anyone wants to follow up the conversation with you, is there anywhere where people can reach you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. And yeah, just follow or write me a message. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. Great. I'll make sure to share the links in the description of the podcast so you can find that very easily. And that was it. Thank you for today. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And Bye. goodbye. See you Bye. next time.